Welcome everyone to the dance floor where life lessons are learned through the art of dance. I'm your host, Anna Harsh, and today I have my best friend, Jeff Steele here, co-hosting with me, dancer and choreographer, and we have an extremely special guest, Mr. Mike Curtis. You might know Mike from Myrtle Beach area from the group all that. He clogs, and he's going to tell us all about that today. Mike, welcome to the dance floor. Thank you, doll. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Jeff and I are so honored to have you here today. I have to thank Jeff for introducing me to clog dancing. I'm not great at it, but I do enjoy it, and it's very addicting, I think. Mike, how did you fall in love with dance? What was your first experience? I think that's the big thing of it is it's very addicting, this dance is, especially. I was I was big into sports as a kid. I, I was kind of a late bloomer. I didn't start until I was about 14 years old. And I was big into baseball, wrestling, uh, those types of things. And during the summer in school, there's not a lot of that going on. So I was getting a little bit bored. My little grandma said um, she wanted to go take clogging lessons, didn't want to do it by herself, asked me would I take them with her. And so I was like, yeah, I got nothing else to do, so let's go. And uh, there's a place called Natural Bridge State Park. Jeff's been to Natural Bridge, I believe. And yep. um, they were giving some clogging lessons up there. So we ended up getting with a guy named Steve Smith up at um, Natural Bridge. And I ended up going to his classes regularly after that. Got about 10, 12 weeks in. Got a little bored with it. Uh, you know, there's only so much you can learn. I saw a kid out of Middletown, Ohio named Britt Montgomery dance. And Brent, to this day, is still the best one-on-one dancer I've ever seen. Wow. So, spoke to him, got with him, and um, and met these guys and and have been on an incredible journey since then. But it, it was a lot of luck with me. I, I ended up with the right people at the right time. I've been lucky enough to have the best instructors in the world from beginning to end. Um, I've been lucky enough to meet this group of guys who have the same drive and and want to promote the sport as I do. And so um, it's been a very, very lucky situation that I've been in, but I haven't taken that for granted either. So, And Mike, I know that you wear a lot of hats for the group. So tell us some other things for people that haven't seen all that. What kinds of things do you do for the group besides dancing? So regularly, uh, we perform in a show here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The theater is called the Carolina Opry. So we have the normal Carolina Opera show. We also do a show called Time Warp, which is a 60s, 70s, and 80s uh, musical journey, if you will. And um, so we do both of those. I'm kind of the lead guy in charge of everything we do. So I head up, picking out the songs. And I say head up, but I always talk to the guys. Uh, but I'm the one that sure. they, they like, hey, we want to do a new song. What do you think of this? And I'll talk to the guys. Hey, do y'all like this? And let's put some choreography together. So I'm kind of the, the point man that kind of, heads up everything. As well as that, though, we perform on cruises. We're what they call guest entertainers on cruise ships. So we'll go out anywhere from three to 10 days at a time. We'll do a 45-minute show out on the cruise ships. Uh, That, I do a lot more work with that. You have to put the, you have to have two different 45-minute sets every time you go out, and they have to be completely different. You have to edit the music, the videos, the lights, and everything that goes with that. You have to theoretically put together an entire show uh, to perform on these boats. And um, we mainly do Disney cruise lines and celebrity cruise lines. It's really keeping us busy right now. So we're thankful for that, but boy, it's keeping us on our toes. Wow. That's a lot. 
I'm kind of the point guy. I'm, I'm, I've been doing it for so long and I know the style and the way that the group likes to operate. I know how we do things. And so I can answer any question that anybody has, any agent, any booker. I can answer all those questions really quick. I've got all the videos and photos and promo material I can send really quick. I've got everything that has to do with the shows right at the tips of my fingers. So it's just easy to keep that one person in charge of all of that type of stuff. And that just happens to be me. So, Isn't that funny how dance really helps us learn that skill of organization? We really do more than just go out there and perform. And I don't think audiences really realize that. No, I'm not sure they do either. It's a funny story. We um, we just got back off of a couple of celebrity cruises in January. And, you know, you're prepared to do a 45-minute show, two of them, when you go out. This one, they had overbooked. They had way too many acts on there. So he comes up to us and says, we need you to do a 10-minute show here, a 20-minute show here, a 15-minute show here, and this and that and this and that. Well, we've got 45-minute sets. So we had to automatically come up with five different shows we did. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes at a time, but it had to be right there, you know, just real quick and spur the moment type of stuff. And so, you know, what happens, you know, yeah. you, you do, you, it's how prepared you can make yourself for when those situations come up and the way, you know, us being able to do it that fast and, and do it that well, it really impressed the cruise line and the cruise director. There was actually uh, one night he came up to us and he said, the guests on the ship, have come up on multiple occasions and asked, can they see some more of you guys? So do you have another piece that you can do for them? And obviously we do, we would make that happen for them. You know, that's, that's the big thing with us is the crowds and we love them as much as they love us. So it, it's, um, there's unexpected things that happen, but boy, you just got to be ready to roll. So that's the truth. Jeff and I have both experienced those kinds of events ourselves and we just looked at each other like, yeah, okay, let's throw that duet in here. Or Jeff right. will do a solo and we know what that's like as directors yeah. of our own groups. Uh, it's really challenging and we wear a lot of hats and it does keep you on your toes. I know you guys do lots of different styles that are incorporated with your clogging show. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, mainly uh, it's all percussive dance though. Um, a lot of that's the biggest question we get. We actually do a piece in one of our shows. Uh, we titled it The Difference in Dances. Most people say, oh, are you Irish dancing? Are you tap dancing? They hardly ever say clogging. So when we tell them clogging, their mind is blown because they don't know what that is. And so we do this number that explains the difference in those main three dances. But there's a lot of tap in what we do. There's a lot of Irish in what we do as far as the moves that our feet are doing. You know, we don't confine our arms and all that type of stuff like Irish dancers do tap dancers dance more on the top of the beat more to the melody so but the moves themselves we incorporate into that that bass beat that we're dancing to the whole time and um, every now and then you'll throw a little butt shake or something (laughs) in but most of the time it's all it's all percussive dance and and that type of stuff but a lot of tap a lot of Irish but basically from top to bottom it's 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 all clogging uh, in everything we do. Can I just say like how important that really is, Mike, because so many people think clogging, at least everywhere that I've been, when they think clogging, they think the Kremlin, they think the square dancing, you know, and we've worked so hard to break through those boundaries of bringing clogging into modern day, so to speak. And I'm not saying that there isn't a place for the Kremlin and the the calls and the freestyles and all of that. But that's not all it is. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that it's very important 
also to distinguish, like you said, between Irish dance, tap dance, and clogging, because a lot of times it gets misinterpreted. Oh, right. I just love those tappers. I love those. Yeah. I love that tap dance. Well, that wasn't tap. That was clogging, you know? Yeah. And, or, um, and so to be able to take that and separate that out and show those differences, uh, that's amazing to me. And like kudos to you guys for doing it because it, it's a conversation that really needs to be had. Thanks, man. I'll tell you, it, there's a funny story that goes along with why we do that number. The big thing is, is it's not a very well-known dance. Uh, so it was our, our hope in the beginning that we could do some things differently, get in front of some larger audiences and basically educate the people on how cool this dance is. It's just as cool as the others. Just nobody knows about it. And so we were on one of the Disney ships. Like there's a lot of things that happen to me still. You know, I'm from a little bitty town, Jeff, you know that Paris, yeah. Kentucky, there's less Same than 2,000 people in my whole town. So right. this whole being a little bit famous and this and that, that, that I, that's weird to me. That's, that's just not the way my mind works, you know? And um, I understand people know who you are, but there's a lot of things that still happen to me that I feel like I'm still that kid in high school. Like, Aww. no way this is happening. No way. Yeah. And this story I'm going to tell you is one of the craziest things. Um, so I do the MC work on our shows on the ships. And we were on one of the Panama Canal cruises with Disney. So it, it was a big long one that goes up through the Panama Canal from uh, Florida through the Panama Canal up into the West Coast. And so you're out at sea for about four or five days. So you're just looking for stuff to do. Well, there was a really good group of people on there. And after one of our shows one night, we were in one of the little lounges, just hanging out, kind of relaxing. The crowd was incredible that night. There was actually a guy on that ship that I knew. His name was Josh Strickland. He was Tarzan on Broadway. And oh, wow. I've actually known him for a long time. And so when I walked on the boat and saw Josh, I was like, what in the world? So like, it made it just a fun trip just because I knew that dude was there. And so just a fun trip. But after our show that night, we were all in the lounge. Everybody was talking about how good the show was. And I, and I noticed this guy, he was an older guy. He kind of looked like he was creeping. I was like, who is this weird, weird guy? You know? And I say, oh, but he was, I don't know, mid fifties, you know, I'm 46. So he wasn't that much older than me, but he was a very well-established looking man. And so I saw him, he kept standing everywhere I turned, he was there and this and that. And then one point I felt a tap on my shoulder and I turned around and it was this guy and he introduced himself to me. And he said, I got to tell you, he said, watching your show tonight, you being the MC and you speaking to us, was fantastic. He said, you did such a good job. He said, I felt like every time you picked up the microphone, you were talking directly to me. It was so endearing the way you spoke in this. And I felt like you were talking directly to me. That's and he so said, sweet. and he said, uh, he said, the audience eats it up. And he said, I have a, a tip for you though. He said, you tell us real quickly in the beginning that Everything you do is 100% clogging. There's some tap, there's some iris, but most of the things you do are clogging, but that's all you say. You should go into more detail and do a number that explains to us and shows us the difference in the numbers. And I said, all right, cool. And that's perfect. And we had about a 10 minute conversation. We come to find out the guy's name was Evan Ensign. He's the original producer for Rent on Broadway. Wow. wow. You just it's never know. You never know who's there, man. You never know who's watching what you're doing. And so I turned to the boys and I said, the producer of Rent just told me we should do this in our show. So we're going to do that. Next we're doing show. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. 
And, but he, he realized it. He realized that it was the people needed a little bit more education on what it was. It's not good enough just to mention it real shortly. Uh, right. You need to go into depth and detail and explain it to them. So we did that. It's about a 10-minute number. It shows some videos of Michael Flatley and Lord of the Dance. It shows Gregory Himes, Sammy Davis Jr., Fred Astaire, and all those guys. And, and when they see the things that they're familiar with, they tie it in better. And then yeah. we put the guys on stage and one guy does clogging, one does Irish, one does tap dancing right beside each other so they can see the difference in the three right there on stage in front of them. So it worked out well, but it was the guy from Rent who That's came up. That's awesome. So yeah, we can't thank that dude enough. You're always getting complimented as a dancer. So mm-hmm. that getting complimented as the MC. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. And I was that, like, how many guys has this dude seen over the course of his career and for him to say that to me was really really flattering it was really flattering absolutely I, like i said i felt like i was a kid in high school who was meeting michael jordan you right know, <laughs> right and couldn't believe it was happening to me so it, it was killer though to get to, to speak to that guy mike you hit on that's the perfect thing that i want to talk about we're going to take a quick commercial break and when we come back i want to talk a little bit about educating the audience and maybe that next generation what more can we do for the next generation to have that education behind them so we'll be right back with mike curtis from all that We're back here with my bestie, Jeff Steele, dancer and choreographer, and our special guest with us today, Mike Curtis from All That. Mike, you were talking about educating the audience with uh, a beautiful number that you guys put together and meeting something, someone in the audience that's giving you advice that happened to be a producer from Rent, which is crazy. And how often does that happen to us as dancers? We're so lucky when those moments happen to us. You know, why Why do you think it is so important to teach the audience about these kind of cultural dances and educating them about this kind of style? Well, that's, that's the thing. I, my wife's mom always says, thing, the more dance shoes that you have in your bag, the better. She always says that thing, you know, you can never know enough about these types of styles. And in the dance world, the more styles, you know, the better chance you're going to have at getting that Rockette audition. Or That's right. TV audition or something like that. So we have found in the past over the course of our careers, which we've been together for 20 years now. You believe that? Isn't that crazy? We've been together for that long as a group. And over the course of that, though, people don't often dislike what we do. Most of the times they get a real big kick out of what we do. They're normally real excited. It's a dance that's so full of energy. And when you come out dancing to Justin Timberlake and not bluegrass, you know, it's a pleasant surprise for them. So I just imagine the amount of people in the world that simply don't know about it. And I think that's important. I think the dance itself deserves the recognition that these other dance styles have gotten. I mean, I'm 46 years old. I have a family, a house and all this type of stuff because I clogged, you know, I mean, you know, it, it's my full life. It has given me a beautiful life to live and it deserves to, to be known about throughout the world. And that's one of our big, big goals. I think it's one of the most important things. You don't want it to die out, 
um, if you go to the competition world right now, it's a lot different than when we were there. There's hardly any guys that dance anymore. I think a lot of it is, is just nobody knows about it anymore. I think you're, you're right, Mike. I have the same problem. I have uh, a dance group that I've had for almost 30 years, which is crazy to me to think about too. Like you're saying the length of time that you spend with the amount of people. And I have researched all of these folk dances from Italy. So, and they're not seen like you were saying it's, it's not seen. Nobody knows about them. They're rare. And once we perform them, they're so filled with energy. It's like you said, energy on the stage and it's lively and engaging. And we have all ages that can come to our workshops and enjoy it. And I think once they see it, then they're like, hey, I'm missing out. I need to do this more often. And I think you're right. Something like clogging that style. I love it. And I've enjoyed it. And I think other people should see it. So how can we see your show when we're down at Myrtle Beach? How can we see you guys and be a part of your world? So we are at the Carolina Opry Theater. They've got a website, thecarolinaopry.com. You can go there. There's a show schedule that shows uh, every available show. We basically perform every night but Sunday. Sunday's our dark days. That's the day we give to Jesus, you know. You can't, you can't step on those toes. And um, you probably need a day of rest for your feet. We do. We do. <laughs> But there's two different shows. Like I said, we do that. The show schedule will be in there. We're in every single show. So awesome. if you come to any of those shows at the theater, we'll be there. Also on our, our Facebook page is mainly where I advertise. We've got a big Facebook fan page. And every time we're out on the boats, no matter what ship it might be, Celebrity or Disney or whoever, um, I post that on there. So if you're ever out on one of the, the ships, you know, you'll get to see a little more of us. That's a full 45 minute show and then you know just keep your eyes on eyes out on the tiktoks and the facebooks and all that every time we do a new number or something i always post it so people can see because you know a lot of people won't have the opportunity to make it to myrtle beach and won't be able to to make it to the ship so i want to make sure we share the the new ideas and all that type of stuff we have with everybody so and mike how do you guys cross train uh, and how many are in the group are there four or six so there are about 15 of us oh wow that's the one thing that a lot of people don't know. Oh, um, okay. There are four of us that dance at the opera on a regular basis. We've got a fifth guy that's here. Uh, that's a swing. So in case one of us is sick or needs to be out of the show, he's here. We've got three guys in Salt Lake City, one in Idaho, one in Vegas, two in Kentucky, two in Ohio. They're they're all over the place. And we've got a whole list now of a second troupe that we're putting together. So they're in the process of learning shows and all that type of stuff. Younger guys. Fantastic. Wow. So that we can be in more than one place at once. This past December, we had four guys in Myrtle Beach, four on a ship and four in Texas, all three doing different performances. So you had 12 guys going at once. So it allows you some flexibility to to pull those things off. For sure. I could use a second myself. Yeah. (laughs) If I could have a twin, that would be great, right? We all could use a second pair of feet. (laughs) Do you guys um, do anything special before you go out onto the stage? Any superstitions or any special moves that you do before? No, we normally touch every guy. Uh, whether it be a hug, a handshake, a high five or whatever. That's kind of my thing. I want to make sure I I have some sort of interaction with every guy because, uh, you know, us boys are best friends. And even even the younger guys, I'm 46. We've got one guy that's just turned 18 years old. The kids from Utah are 22 and 23. So they kind of look up to us a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. I want them to know, buddy, you're me. 
me and you are the same when we walk out here on the stage, you know, and um, I think that's important for their performance when they go out. They don't need to be nervous. They don't need to be, you know, off their game. They need to know that they are just as important as these other boys that have been doing this for a long time. And it always works out. But we're all just silly as we be, even those young boys are. And uh, I think that's what gets us through. There's there's hardly ever any arguments. There's hardly ever any um, bad moments or anything. Right. And when when one of those things comes up, somebody will say something silly and make everybody laugh. And, and you know, we get by at that point. It really comes like- across as a cohesive brotherhood. Yeah. It yeah. really does. Yeah. And growing up with you guys on the circuit, it almost seemed, I think, from this perspective inevitable like why wouldn't these guys who are like the top top of their game you know every that competitiveness it was so weird to me what starting out because around here there wasn't a lot of we had to travel to get to a place where it would be considered competitive yeah Yeah, there's not a lot of opportunities Right. Uh, yeah. when we were growing up to to have that advantage. So Jeff and I both traveled a lot to do bigger showcases of dance and getting different outlets and teachers and training. You know, we always had to travel kind of far to get really great, amazing training. Right. Um, so, you know, we're lucky now in our careers that we have that education behind us and experience behind us. Mike, what would you say to the next generation? I saw your little girls peeking in there. What would you say, you know, to that next generation that wants to be successful like you? You know, we we have a a big summer intensive every year at my studio here in Myrtle Beach. Last year, there were about 60 kids that came in from Georgia, Maine, Tennessee, all these different areas. And I go out of my way to bring in some of the boys that they may not have access to on a regular basis. So this year, Caden and Austin are coming. That's the two boys from Salt Lake City. Caden's probably the best male dancer I've seen in the last 15 years. Oh, wow. He is bad to the bone. And he's got so much to offer that these kids may never get out west to be able to get a hold of. So I'm going to bring him and his, his brother both here. And that's one of the things that we concentrate on in in our our summer workshop is you know no is not an option man no is not an option we ended up with a group of guys that all have the same imaginations that like to get wild with their imaginations and think outside the box we all wanted to win so we were all pushing each other to the fullest each and every single time but I think that made us better and those types of situations are what we preach to them you know don't don't make your friends your enemies or your dancing friends that you see at competitions your enemies allow them to push you and you push them because it's only going to help all of you in the future if you go to an audition or something like that you know we've got to do all these cool things but we've been told no more than we than we've succeeded you know it's how you take it when you get on one of those tv shows and those judges say something bad about you what are you going to do with that are you going to take that and go home and cry tears in your bed or are you going to take it and make yourself better? It's the type of outlook that you've got to have on this. And we just had a group of guys that never would settle. When they told us we weren't good enough, that wasn't settling well for us. So we went home, took what they said, turned it into something fantastic, and could not wait to show them the next time. So your desire to be 
the best that you can be at this is a big thing. The people that you surround yourself with pushing you and you pushing them is another big thing and not being afraid of it. You know, I tell these kids, uh, some of them come up, their mom came up and said, I had to bring her over here. She's scared to death to come up and talk to you because of the group and this and that and this and that. And I tell them, just like I was saying earlier, I'm a small town boy from a little country town and I do not get into that whole half famous thing and all that type of stuff. Any question they have, I encourage them to come up to me and I specifically will take my time to explain it in a way that I wish somebody would have explained to me when I was a kid, because I was lucky enough to have those opportunities and this is how it turned out. So um, I'd like for those kids to have the same opportunity. So that's kind of getting in a nutshell. I know that was a lot, but you know, no, we, that we, that is great advice and everybody starts somewhere. We're all, we all started at step one, you know, yeah. got to get those shoes on and start somewhere. Yep. You don't, you don't just come out of the womb and have all these amazing dance moves. It just doesn't work yeah. that way. And, you know, I tell people that all the time. There's a lot of kids now that want to skip steps two, three, and four to get to step five. So they get step one down and they want to skip the next three steps to get to where we are. Well, that's not the way it works. No. It's complicated. And you need to learn steps two, three, and four before you can move on to step five, or you're going to do step six, seven, and eight wrong. You know, you, you have to have the correct techniques. You got to do everything right. And I hate to see instructors rushing these kids through it these days because the kids are the ones that are going to suffer for that later on. Um, there was a couple of kids that had been dancing. I think I want to say they said two to three years, uh, that I taught at a workshop uh, this past summer and they didn't know how to do a buck basic. Oh, Um, wow. And they'd been dancing two to three years. And I was like, you know, somebody rushed them through it. They taught them basics and triples and stuff and then moved right into double doubles and pullbacks. And uh, that's not the way it works, man. Nope. Jeff and I talk about that all the time. It's not drive-through dance. You can't mm-hmm. order it. It's, it's not on the menu. Like you have yeah. to do the work and the journey to appreciate all of the hard work when you finally get to the stage. That's one of the big things. Like when we go on these TV shows, I wish they would understand, but it's one of the things that we push harder in our shows and this, and I want people to understand this is not an easy dance to do. No. It, is not, it takes years to perfect this type of stuff and to get it to the level that you see some of these boys doing. If you go into, you know, I love hip hop. I've just started taking some hip hop myself, you know, but I actually did the hip hop pretty well in the first class I was in. Um, it's not as complicated a dance on the general level as clogging is. Now, when you get to that elite level of hip hop, it's the same. It, you, no, no young dancer is going to jump into that right. and be good, but you can get to the general level of hip hop a lot easier or some of these other dances uh, as well. Not trying to single out hip hop, but that's just the one that most people generally know. Uh, but you can get to a, a, a good point in hip hop a lot quicker than you can clogging. It's really, really difficult to get to that level. And if they understood that, uh, they might give us a couple bonus points. You never know, but. Well, I give you all the kudos that are in my body and my shoes because I've tried clogging and Jeff mm-hmm. has tried to teach me and I know some basic steps. I'm like, wow, this is complicated. Wait, slow down. Do Let's do that step again. Because yeah. like you said, I just wanted to conquer maybe step one and two. <laughs> Jeff's the expert over there, you know, and he was always flying at our shows and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I just want to watch in the audience because I. Yeah all the rhythms were just amazing flying out of his feet. It's just amazing to watch. I think that there's always, you get to a certain level, you know, and, and 
just sort of collectively speaking, a dance will get to a certain level and whether it be hip hop, tap or clogging, we get collectively to this certain level and we're like, okay, but how can we make it more difficult? Do you know what I mean? Or a lot of times the next step will come from making a mistake or trying to, oh, I accidentally hit my toe on that. So now we're seeing a lot of uh, clogging, a lot more up on the toe and having toe blocks in Mm -hmm. the shoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think that was a huge step for clogging collectively, so to speak, is to really be up on that toe a lot now. You know, there's always a way to raise that bar. And we're always kind of like looking as collectively, like what's this next step that we take with any dance and I think a lot of times like it's just that that innovativeness within all of us who do choreography who do step work and take the chance of hey what's not being done what haven't we seen yet let me try something different and then the next thing you know that's coming in as the next big craze so it's always I think about elevating you know once you get to the point of well I'm advanced, advanced, advanced. It leaves you no place to go unless right. you let your mind just run free for a little bit. Well, and that that was the, the point I was about to make too. Um, you get to a certain point in any type of dance. You get to a certain point to where there's may, there may not be anything else for you to learn. You may have learned every move and, and, and there's nothing else for your instructors to teach you. Well, then you might need to be the next move. You might need to use your imagination, open your mind up and say, just like you said, where can we take this now? I've learned all these moves. Let's create something new that's going to challenge everybody. It's going to look good and this and that. The toe thing was a big moment. It seems like the next um, big movement right now is there's a lot of these very rhythmic steps coming into play. Maybe not so much on your toes and stuff, but there's a couple of steps that we do that have these crazy crazy rhythms where the rhythms go from slow to fast and then they completely change pace and and all that type of stuff it seems like that's the new common um denominator this new footwork that's coming out and i love it i love that more than i do the toes i'm not a big toe guy i mean you can only do so many toes you know i am not a big toe guy either because just a toe my ankles don't like it yeah (laughs) but um these new rhythm rhythmatic steps that we do and some of these other folks doing the kid out west Caden does a lot of those um uh very rhythmic steps and uh, i'll see him on his tiktok and i'll call him up and i'll say look here dog you need to, <laughs> right you can't put stuff like that out and keeping it to yourself you know you know i but love it another piece of that uh to go on with that is like you get to that point where there's nothing else you can learn or nothing else that you can be taught you may need to take it your own you know a step further it may just be as simple as looking elsewhere as well you know i've been dancing for so long i am not afraid to go into somebody's class man that's what i was going to ask you mike is what inspires you you know what how do you get those creative juices flowing to to think outside the box and like i said i'm just not scared of going into a class i remember several years ago one of our buddies was down here judging at a competition and he was teaching a class at that competition chip harrison's his name he's from up near the charlotte area he was teaching a class. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go to his class. I haven't seen him dance in a while. Maybe he's got something that will inspire me or something that I can take and, and, and do my own with. When you go out West, 
uh, a lot of those boys teach at studios and stuff out there. And they're always like, hey, can you stop in at the studio and teach a class? The kids would love it if they had you teaching a class. And there's three of those studios. And, and yes, I will happily do that. But then I always make them show me something. Well, show me something that you do too. You know, I, it, it may be simple to you, but to me, that's new. And I may be able to take that and put a twist on it and, and come up with something new and creative on my end as well. So you can never be scared to learn. If you get scared to learn um, or get too good to learn, if you will, then that's an ego problem that you got to push out of your way. Because you'll never get any better at that point because nobody's ever going to be able to teach you anything because your ego tells you you're already the best. And that's not where you want to live. Right. You know, you, you want to go in those classes and you want to uh, continue to try to make yourself better every single step of the way. And, and like I said, every chance I get to learn something new, I do it. Now, I may go in one of those classes and not learn a daggone thing, but I may come out with five new techniques that I want to put into play in step. You know, it's a 50-50 shot when you go in and and we love to do it. So that that's that's how we handle that. Perfectly said, Mike. Uh, dance is a conversation. And if nobody's speaking with you and having that conversation, that back and forth, then we're never going to get anywhere with our art form yeah. and inspire the next generation to be different and continue to grow and challenge each other in great ways, like you said. That's correct. But- It was such an honor to have you on the podcast today, your knowledge and your wealth of success, your dance journey. Thank you for sharing all of that. We have learned so much from you and I hope you stop back. I can't wait to see you in Myrtle Beach. Um, I know we'll be coming down to the beach soon this summer and definitely we'll stop in and see the show and clap and cheer for you all. Thank you. I got to say, I'm sure appreciate you having me. It still flatters me that these days when people want to talk and and hear the story of the group and all that type of stuff. So I can't tell you, thank you enough uh, and how much I appreciate you having me today. Jeff, it's good to talk to you again, my man. You uh, too, brother. We, Keep we up gotta the good get work. Up, we got to get together soon, trade a step or two. and Absolutely. And just have some conversation. But yeah, I sure appreciate it. Tell everybody out there, if they're hearing me now, don't stop, man. Keep pushing. Everybody can get to that same spot. Just don't, don't, don't let yourself stop. That's the big deal. Absolutely. Don't quit. And Mike, stick around after the show and maybe we'll talk about, maybe we could all Zoom together and have a class. All right. Thanks everyone for joining us today on the dance floor. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. I'm your host, Anna Harsh, with my special co-host, Jeff Steele, and our guest, Mike Curtis, today. Until next time, keep moving and grooving on the dance floor. <laughs>